early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section on the play? Do you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Alan. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this. Four. Two most accomplished albums. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast. That clip you heard right there was from the uh, cult classic film uh, American Psycho, starring Christian Bale, released in two th the year 2000. Uh, great film. Um, actually, an even better book. Yes, I have read a book. Not very many, but I did read that book. It was written by Brad Easton Ellis, who also wrote uh, Less Than Zero, Glamorama, The Rules of Attraction... And a few other books, they're kind of, his books are hard to read. I mean, books in general are hard for read, to read for me anyways, because I can't focus. But uh, American Psycho was a great book. Uh, I think the book was better than the movie. The book kind of came off a little more sinister. The movie was more tongue-in-cheek. But uh, if you've never seen the movie American Psycho, it is a really great movie. It was... Um, Huge for Christian Bale. At one point, it was one of those films that like everyone in Hollywood was attached to, from Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, uh, Tim Robbins. And it still has a pretty good cast. Jared Leto's in it, William Dafoe, um, Reese Witherspoon. Um, there's plenty of people in it. It's, it's a great film. You know, it, it, it's sometimes people would say it's acquired taste, but great movie check it out. Um, they're talking about Huey Lewis and the News in the clip. Huey Lewis and the News have sold over 30 million albums. And they're actually one of the top-selling groups of all times. Uh, as Patrick Bateman, the character from American Psycho, said, their two most successful albums there are Sports and then Four, like in golf. You know, and Four had a ton of hits. Uh, the band also did well with the uh, Back to the Future soundtrack and the huge success of the song The Power of Love, which was actually nominated for an Academy Award, an Oscar. Um, they come, they kind of they blended like rock, pop, and like blues elements, you know, back in that MTV era of uh, funny videos, catchy pop tunes when MTV was actually showing music videos. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News, you know, were kind of always pushing out videos, and their videos were always kind of funny, tongue-in-cheek. Um, you know, however, unlike a lot of the artists that were back then, they were able to stay relevant and toured until 2018, uh, when Huey Lewis 
was diagnosed with Meniere's disease, which is a inner ear disorder. It causes all sorts of complications from like vertigo, loss of hearing, and some other issues, which I'm guessing makes life pretty miserable. And so that kind of put an end to everything they were doing. The band released 10 studio albums. Like I said, they were nominated for an Oscar for The Power of Love from the Back to the Future soundtrack. Um, they've won multiple Grammy Awards as well as Billboards Award, Billboard Awards. I was surprised. I actually looked into it. They are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was very surprised by this, considering Green Day and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. Um, interesting thing I had no clue about, which is weird because you think you would have heard this at some point in life, and maybe some of you knew this. Uh, Huey Lewis in the news, the band actually received a settlement over the song Ghostbusters. From the Ghostbusters movie, a song was by Ray Parker Jr. Uh, they said he had taken taken the music, like the melody of the song, from their hit "I Want a New Drug," which is the name of this episode as well. Personally, I never knew that. Apparently, there was like this huge lawsuit that went on, and eventually Huey Lewis and the News settled and took a check. And so I guess Ray Parker bought the song from them. But yeah, check out check out Huey Lewis and the News. You know, great '80s music. Um, like I said, it's kind of a bluesy pop band. I mean, it, it's good stuff. And like I said, you got to see American Psycho. If you've never seen American Psycho before, watch American Psycho. You can thank me later. <sighs> so anyways, for those of you who don't know uh, who Project Veritas is, they're a nonprofit journalism organization. They kind of specialize in undercover work or, you know, and reporting, um, uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes thing they rely on, like whistleblowers, and uh, you know, it's always some. There's, you know, they kind of were the ones that broke the thing where they were sitting there dinner, lunch, or whatever dinner with the CNN guy, who said, "Yeah, we're not about telling the truth. It's about ratings. You know, we make stuff up. You know, we push this agenda. You know, yeah, we don't. We, we want Trump gone, so we make all. You know, there's that. They broke story on." Uh, the falsified ballots in Minnesota in Elon Mars district where people were uh, just selling their ballots for hundreds or thousands of dollars or whatever to be filled up by whoever and they were mostly you know Somali immigrants and other immigrants that just wanted the money you know they were being so they more or less were selling their votes um, anyways this week they did a piece on uh with Department of Health and Human Services registered nurse Jody O'Malley. Uh, you know, in this video, like a lot of their videos, which actually this one has been slow to get banned and erased everywhere on the internet, which is surprising. Most of their stuff is up and it's gone. And it's never because people say it's false. It just disappears. But anyways, uh, Jody O'Malley is a whistleblower. Uh, blowing the whistle on the adverse reactions leading to heart failure in COVID vaccine patients who later get COVID or something else. Um, it's a 13-minute video. I really want to play the whole thing for you guys, honestly, but it, it, you can't just play the whole video over the podcast. Although it makes sense, then I would have it in recorded form to where we couldn't lose it. Um, but in the video, you know, she's talking with her coworkers about different things that are going on with the vaccine. I'll play some of it for you, and you guys can, you know, make your own opinions. Tell us about who this person is. 
Dr. Gonzalez is one of our emergency room doctors at Phoenix Indian Medical Center. And she's a federal employee? Correct. And now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. And he's elevated. got myocarditis. Yes! Oh, this is bullshit. I, and and now, now, let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the, yeah. under the, 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 the mat. What patient was she referring to? She was uh, referring to that patient, that 30-something-year-old patient that had congestive heart failure. Congestive heart failure. And in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. The problem in here is they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you know, and the people that have been uh, uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. Super fishy. That it hasn't been done. It hasn't been published. The doctor clarifies there at the end that the government doesn't want people to know that the vaccine is actually full of shit. And what they're talking about uh, in the interview is how. You know, they're not studying, taking antibody tests from people who have had the vaccine, which it's supposed to help create, which it's not. Um, they're not publishing the studies. You know, one of the arguments there for the pro-vaccine person at their hospital is saying, oh, the studies have been done. They just haven't been published on the successful tests of the vaccine, which is crazy because if it was so great, why would you know, why would you want to hide the information? But more or less what they're saying, and, and you all, if, you know, if you're listening to me, you know this. They're hiding the information. They're burying the information. They want you to think that the uh, unvaccinated people are the problem here. I don't know, any of you, did you guys see the article? Um, this, is, this is a fact. Uh, in, this woman was vaccinated, fully vaccinated. She got COVID. She died. Her family, literally, in... Uh, her obituary. I, I kid you no lie. Give me a brief second. I meant to make a note of this so I would have it to read for you guys. And CNN later published this. They said, this is what it said in her, uh, va her obituary. She was vaccinated, but she was infected by those who chose not to be. The cost was her life. Imagine that. Like, that's like saying, I drowned at the beach because all the other people didn't learn how to swim. But um, I digress. Anyways, she was probably a whore anyways. But um, that that's the mental capacity of the people we're dealing with. They think, you know, if it needs everyone to have it to work, it's not a vaccine. I mean, end of story. There's no argument there. They're talking about 99.9% chance of survival with the vaccine, 99.75% chance without it. You're talking point zero. it really comes down to like 0.024% difference of something that can mess with your body and cause all kinds of other issues like the myocarditis, which is what the doctors are talking about there, which is leading to heart failure in a lot of people. Um, at the end of the day, the vaccine's not safe. I mean... If you look at where we were, I mean, cases are up now 
way over where they were last year, and last year at this point, no one was vaccinated. So, you know, if you can't look at those numbers and figure that out for yourself, there's probably not a lot I can do for you, or I'm never going to change your mind, or, you know, you're just one of those people think, oh, I should get the shot because they tell me to get the shot. But like I say, you know, you don't want to buy the cure from the people who brought the brought you the disease. But yeah, if you want to see that, message me. I know a lot of you reached out to me this week and I sent you the clip. I know there's going to be more to it um, this week or next week, apparently. But Project Veritas does a lot of great stuff. They don't get the credit they deserve. Not to randomly change the, the subject here, but oh my god, it was like cold this morning. I actually wore pants to an event today. It doesn't mean I walk around in my underwear, which... Trust me, I would. But we had an event uh, with Dog Rescue for albertsdoglaunch.org. And uh, it was in Madison. And I usually don't like going to Madison, just for obvious reasons. But, um, so we went, and it was like a, a walk, like a, a dog. It's called like Czar's Promise. I think it was for, you know, you go to remember your dog. Dogs have died. They raise money for, to pay for, uh cancer treatments for dogs and stuff so it's a really awesome cause there's all kinds of vendors there and dog organizations and uh, we took joshy and fingers crossed joshy may have found a couple that fell in love with him and these people were amazing but yeah the the strange part of the day is that september 25th was the day i guess summer officially ended for me because i put i wore pants to the event not shorts because it was very cool this morning i even had like a long sleeve shirt because Kai had got me this really cool short shirt when we were up north about hunting Bigfoot or whatever that she had made. Really cool. But totally went off track. I got to see a lot of big dogs, uh, a lot of little dogs, a lot of cute dogs. Um, you know, it reaffirmed what why we do what we do. Um, you know, if this works so, you know, all you guys send some good vibes to Joshy um, that this works out for him. Um, and I think he'll have the most amazing life that we want for him if this all works out. I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, I got some, you know, I forgot to mention this last week, or maybe I got the pictures after. We got some Sully pics the um, other day. Kylie did. And oh, my God. Our boy looks so good. He's so happy. Uh, he still is adorable. It still makes my heart melt when I see him because I miss the shit out of that big fella. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the cool things about what we do. We still get pictures from our uh the adopters of the dogs we fostered uh we got we got some pictures of bandit last week too and bandit looks like he's full-grown little big boy now um so yeah it's always cool to keep up and stay up on that so moving right along unless you've been living under the rock you kind of know about the Gabby Petito story, uh, you know, she was reported missing on September 11th, she'd been on a trip out west with her fiancé, boyfriend, I think he was her fiancé, I could be wrong, Brian Laundry. um, Laundry. <laughs> my notes I actually wrote lingerie, um, Laundry returned home to North Florida, Northport, Florida, actually without Gabby, on September 1st, um, so there was kind of like 10 days there, I guess, where he came back from the trip and she didn't. Um, her body was found earlier this week, which would have been, what, September 19th, in the Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. I believe that's where that is. 
uh, Laundry is actually now missing person himself, which is crazy if you think about it. But you know, he might have only been back in Florida for a day. Maybe he never was. I don't know if any if there's any you know proof he was back. I did see on the news today that. Um, Dwayne Chapman, also known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, went and knocked on his parents' door today to try to talk to them. Um, obviously, no one answered. I don't think they're talking to anyone. They're doing all their talking through their attorney, which at this point, probably not a bad idea. The FBI was went through their house, you know, served warrants and went through everything, took a car for a couple days and then brought it back. Um, as far as I know, I don't. They haven't released that there's any evidence that, um, you know, obviously that they're telling us that Brian had anything to do with it, but I'll get to that in a second. Other than I think the fact he withdrew $1,000 from her checking account or their checking account and the fact that he's missing and, well, she's dead. But here's kind of where I am with this whole story. I mean, when we first heard it, when I first heard it, I mean, come on, we all knew within five seconds of hearing it, that he killed her, right? Like, that's how these things work. Um, and I'm not making light of murder or whatever. I'm just, it was the same old story. You know, there's there's hours of these stories on the ID channel daily. I assure you, because I, I watch them. Um, and this story dominated, it dominated the headlines. You know, it still probably is. I mean, I don't watch the news much. But why, you know? And I'm not going to go down the whole route where you think I'm going. But in 2020, there were 543,000 missing people in the United States. That's half a million people, you know. But the media, and just because, that means some of those people were found. They just were reported missing. But the media, like, focused on one person. And what they do, I feel like the mainstream media sensationalizes these stories. And this is not to take away from the tragedy of the situation because it is tragic and you know and it's it's one of thousands most of which do not get a second of airtime or, or the hour on hour coverage of the media stalking the families but um you know and people now all over the country are sending in tips and videos of the van they were using um you know people said oh they saw him here and they saw him there and he was arguing with somebody at a restaurant or he was the, you know and there was the police footage um for where they were stopped in arches national park in utah which i've actually been to and we talk about in the first episode ever of the neil world order podcast which is just called episode one shameless plug um you know and, and these things drive me crazy because i'm like okay now that it's all settled people oh yeah i saw this guy once like i want to call him be like I saw a bald guy walking across the street. It might have been him, but maybe it wasn't. You know, and they're looking for this guy, I believe, somewhere in a nature preserve in the Everglades. He's a bit of an outdoor doorsman. He's young, so I don't know how outdoorsman he is. Apparently, he's got experience hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's where Dog the Bounty Hunter believes he might be. So if you guys are out there hiking the Appalachian Trail, listening to my podcast, maybe keep an eye open for this guy. Assuming he maybe even really exists. Who's to say it's just not a distraction story? Which is kind of what I personally thought. It distracts you from Afghanistan. It distracts you from the mess at the border. Distracts you from the terrible job this president and his administration. All the Democrats are doing anywhere. Period. But, um, but I was thinking. And 
there's a it's a slippery slope of what I'm talking about. Like imagine if we put all this effort into finding all missing people or working on all missing people stories. So when I was thinking about this, you know, to talk about how the media is just nonsense, and, and it is, and you could do the same thing if you follow any of uh, your local media's social, you know, social media pages. I did an audit of two of the uh, Milwaukee News Network's social media pages. I did from Tuesday morning to Monday morning, so like a 24-hour cycle. WTMJ Milwaukee did 13 stories on COVID in a 24-hour cycle. And now, in the, um, you know, a 24-hour cycle, you're also looking at midnight to 6 a.m. where probably very few people are on social media anyways. So then the other stories they reported on were, were <clears throat> the Gabby Pedigo story and the Packers had a Monday night game against the, uh, who the hell did we play last week? I don't even freaking remember. Because it's, wow, that's really bad that I don't remember. Oh, Detroit. Anyways, and then I did one of an audit for WISN Milwaukee, which is like the ABC affiliate. TMJ is the NBC affiliate. Uh, they did 15 stories about COVID. And then their other stories were Packer stories, uh, Gabby Pedigo. And then there was some yada yada about the Waukesha school board, I don't know, fighting over masks or free lunches or it was, it, 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 you know, it was just whatever. I didn't care. But it's just this repetitive cycle where they just feed you the same nonsense over and over again. They almost use the same graphics. It's almost like if you go and you looked at, like, the NBC affiliate Milwaukee and Santa Fe, New Mexico, Birmingham, Alabama, San Jose, California. They're all the same. Like, it's the same message. It's that Taylor Swift thing I told you about where you play the song over and over again. Eventually, you'll start dancing to it and know all the words. Um you know, and it's just like the whole cycle of stories is just like unvaxxed or filling hospitals and dying. Oh, a new vax for kids. Number of cases and or deaths. You know, random story about some unvax. Like, we'll get a story. Uh, we're in Milwaukee, and I get there's shit pieces they throw out or whatever you want to call them. Oh, a couple in Oklahoma died three days apart. They were too scared to get vaccinated. Like, that doesn't matter to people in Milwaukee. I mean, it, it, these are, it's sensationalizing, it's scare tactics, you know, every time I do it, I want to put the meme where it's like, everybody panic, um, you know, and then there's always the random story about the COVID survivor, and I'm telling you, if you go through your local news, whatever, social media page, you will find the same formula, you will find these same stories, probably the exact same stories, because it's just like, um, you know, all the factories that make things. They're all made at the same place, and they put a different sticker on it. Oh, yeah, here, this is a Philips TV. This is a Magnavox. This is Sony. This is a Vizio. But they're all the same. But, yeah, so, but in the course of those 24 hours, no mention of the Project Veritas story, nothing about Afghanistan, nothing about the Haitians surging the border, um, nothing about the problem at the borders, the failures of this administration, the debt ceiling, um, what else you want to talk about? I mean, the Arizona audit, all these other things are left by the wayside while they just report and beat the same horse to death, you know, and, and it's crazy. And 
the left has swayed facts so bad that now they're trying to use the Gabby Petito story for more race baiting. And I'm sure you've seen the article or posts. I saw a couple of them. Like I said, I don't follow many liberals because you guys annoy the fuck out of me and I hate you. Um, about the 700 missing indigenous women in the same area where Gabby Petito's body was found. Okay, to be a missing person, you just have to be reported missing. When they find you, they don't. T you don't come off that like the list for the year of missing people because you were still reported missing. So with those seven hundred uh, indigenous women, they were talking about missing. Here, here's some things they didn't tell you. Fifty percent of those women were found in the first week they were reported missing. So that's three hundred and fifty some odd women. And it also doesn't tell you that twenty one percent of those women were found in 30 days. So that's pushing 80% of them have been found. It also didn't share with you that mostly all of those women were runaways or actually were just lost and that zero, zero of them were murdered. So it's just fabrication. You know, which is what the mainstream media does. They just make shit up and the left lives for it because, you know, a missing white girl story is completely racist and we can't have that. Uh, and why anything can, that's proof that anything can be politicized or, you know, it's part of that. Everyone needs to feel included mentality. I, I know there's missing people. I know we don't focus on all the missing people. Like I talked about, you know, and maybe, I mean, I bet if it was a fat, ugly white girl, they probably wouldn't have put her picture all over TV. I, you know, but we're not in charge of it. That's the media. So, you know, and the government controls the media as much as they don't want to admit it. So they essentially are saying they suck and can't fix themselves. Ah, this is good whiskey tonight. So speaking of things the media wasn't talking about, how about the 14,000 or so Haitian immigrants that are currently being held off at our border in Del Rio, Texas by law enforcement, border patrol, and I think anybody else who's offering to help except the federal government because, you know, let's be real, those 14,000 votes are just Democrats waiting to happen. And I'm looking at it like this. It's 2,000 miles from Haiti to Texas. How do those people get here? Like, I didn't see any cars. It's a long swim, and I did some research, and Haiti has actually never won a gold medal in the Olympics for swimming, or sailing, for that matter. <clears throat> it's almost like these caravans of migrants are, are manufactured, and they're equipped and directed and then sent to our borders. You know, um, a lot of these people have passports. They're coming... You know, up and through. Some of them are through Chile, Argentina, places that aren't bad. Places you cannot claim asylum for because they're not war-torn and people aren't being persecuted. You know, it would kind of be like somebody living in De in Detroit just being like, well, I don't want to live in Detroit anymore. I want to live in, uh, I don't know, Beverly Hills because it's nicer. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. Well, for the Democrats think it should because, you know, that means those people will vote for them. But, um, you know, and th they're, 
if without people there, they would overrun the borders. And I guess like a serious question that, and I get looks from people when I talk about this and stuff is like, why aren't these people ever treated like a threat? Like in all seriousness, like if someone is trying to break into your home and they're a threat and well, you're allowed to use force to handle this. Like, and we're going to come back. I know where you guys are, what you guys are thinking. And, like, what is stopping the states from doing the same? I mean, we're, like, the only country that doesn't shoot people who are trying to force their way in. That's a fact. Research that. You know, and the only thing the Biden administration has commented on is telling the Border Patrol not to use horses while patrolling the border after a photo surfaced where they thought an agent was actually whipping someone an illegal immigrant that they were trying to round up. This is the same administration that wanted to use drones to bomb terrorists and missed and killed a bunch of civilians and kids in Afghanistan. But they said there'll be accountability for what the border agents were made to look like they were doing and contrived photography. That's where photography is a fail. Because photography is contrived. It can be twisted, bent, manipulated, where live video is real and shows the whole picture. Um, and, you know, it actually shows they were not whipping anyone. But also, if someone's coming near your horse, you're on it, you're, a law, you're, you're the law, they're breaking the law. All bets are kind of off then, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and literally, the president said there will be accountability and that it was embarrassing. Like, can you imagine Joe Biden having the audacity to say something's embarrassing? Like, his kid is probably somewhere snorting coke off a hooker's ass. And if if it's a good day, that hooker's of legal age, of consent, and as an adult. But this is what he thinks is embarrassing. Like, that whole, that sums up liberal ideology completely. That's why I said there's no saving these people. There's no coming together because it's like a sickness, an idiocy that they're like infected with that, that you, you cannot fix. I mean, they burned cities all across America every time the cops kill a criminal, you know, because they only seem worried about the treatment of criminals, never on. How do we keep people from being criminals? Um, apparently, you give them free money to stay home and let them just pretend there's no borders, but... The border issues are constant story that the mainstream media just runs away from. And the Gabby Petito story gave them something to cover for a while to distract you from it. You know, and like I said, then they just transitioned that into a race story. And, you know, here's what we're talking about. And I, I said something with people. I was like, you watch, there'll be a shooting or something. Bam. Then you, what did you have in Memphis the other day? You had the Kroger shooting by, which kind of went quietly by the wayside and you want to know why I went quietly by the wayside because it was not a white male who did the shooting it was uh some form of asian immigrant his name was like ung thang or something like that not to give credit to anybody who does horrible things but that's why that story disappeared because it was not a white male when it's a white male bam we got to push story we got to push story we got to push story white males are killing everybody blah 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 but this was a disgruntled uh like southeast asian employee and that's the way things go. Um, I feel like this episode went really fast, and we're already at, like, over the 30-minute mark. <laughs> that's what she said. Finally, 
Um, last week I talked about my old school, high school, Upperman High School in Baxter, Tennessee, shameless plug, having a complaint lodged against their coaches for leading prayer on the field at football games. Um, so they had their game last weekend that I talked to you guys about. Uh, it got moved to uh, T- Tennessee Tech University's overall field. I think some of it was due to the, the excessive rain that had worn on the field at Upperman High School. I believe the Tech field is turf, either that or it's probably, you know, it's a university, so there's better drainage technology there. Anyways, uh, I think some of it probably had to do with expected turnout. So after beating Stone Memorial High School 27-9, the Bees, as well as the Stone Memorial players, gathered at midfield, as did nearly everyone in attendance. I showed you guys the pictures, um, posted links, and were led in prayer by offensive lineman Elijah Burgess. Uh, personally, it was great for me to see a town, you know, a team take a stand for their beliefs, you know, and and to see the recognition they got as well. I guess I derive a sense of pride to see that that's where I'm from. Those are my people, you know, and it's a part of maybe it gives you you know, a window of, hey, this is why I'm the way I am. I mean, part of it is, you know, my mother always told me, was always told me, don't be afraid to say what you mean and mean what you say. And, well, that's kind of what you get with me. You know, you don't ever have to ask me what I'm thinking. I'm going to let you know. And I don't care if you like it or not. But um, they got a lot of recognition. Uh, pictures of the event went viral. Uh, the story went viral. The team was actually a guest on... Uh, Fox and Friends on the Fox News Channel morning show on Thursday morning. I did post a link on our Facebook page. I believe if you go to foxnews.com, you can find it or Google it. Or, I mean, YouTube. We, you know, like I said, I shared the link. Um, you know, and honestly, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is where it starts. When people are like, you know, no, we're not going to do that. You're not going to tell us what to do. And this wasn't... You know, they they didn't they weren't violent. They were praying. They made a stand. This is the way it was. They did it again this uh, past weekend, which probably would have been yesterday, as they won their homecoming game. I believe it was sixteen to eight. I know they won. Um, not sure on the score. So go bees. Very proud of you guys. Um, and I think it's awesome to see people having the conviction to stand for what they believe in. I, you know, I hope the team continu- continues to do so, uh, keeps fighting the good fight, inspires, you know, others to do the same. Uh, they, you know, they even got a, sh- a Twitter share from Franklin Graham. I mean, that's huge. One of the s- stories that had been posted uh, had been shared like 2,500 times. There's not 2,500 people that live in Baxter, Tennessee, last I checked. So I, I want you to think about that. So no no town is too small. No group is too small. You know, it's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very proud of that. I, I hope we see more of that, you know, um, whether it's, you know, on the mask mandates, it's vaccine mandates, it's anything in general. You know, if you're... Don't let other people tell you, you know, how to believe and where you can pray. You know, and a big part of it is, you know, people talk about separation of church and state, and a lot of it is just people don't. 
we could sit here all night and talk about how the Constitution on that is misinterpreted, but that's a whole other story, and I don't want to put anyone to sleep. But, um, so yeah, very proud of you guys in uh, Upperman, at Upperman. Love my hometown of Baxter, Tennessee. Don't look for it on a map. I'm pretty sure you won't find it. Um, great place to visit. I urge anyone, if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, to stop through and uh, say hello to the fine people of Baxter, Tennessee. But, you know, we got we to gotta keep fighting back. We got to keep pushing back. Because at the end of the day, people only get away with what we allow them to get away with. And we've got to be better at saying, you know what? What was it Popeye said? You know, enough is enough. I can't stand no more. And that that's where we are. Popeye also had a genius line where he said, I am what I am and that's all that I am. Brilliant. Doesn't get enough credit for that. That's all I got, folks. Um drink up have a safe weekend it's officially fall um so yeah and uh go packers tomorrow night i have very little faith uh, i'm guessing they're going to show up about as well as the university of tennessee did against florida tonight probably worse knowing my luck but yeah everyone have a great weekend and we'll thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week